Yeah, all good for me to clap in, yeah? Okay. All right. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the People of Interest podcast. Uh, this is episode number six. Um, today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, this is before I let him introduce himself. Um, just want to kind of make him aware today's like a very selflessly, or should I say, a very selfish podcast today for myself, just because I've wanted to kind of sit down and have a chat with you for quite a while based on what it is you do and what you've done. Um, just for any of you podcast purists listening in today, um, we are shooting live um, at Brunel um, Indoor Sports Facility today. So there are going to be a few claps and bangs in the background. So please don't hate me for that. Um, but anyway, um, so would you like me to introduce you or? Introduce away. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my guest today um, is a Olympian, British champion in uh, the uh, sport of athletics. Um, main event 200, we 200? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So main event 200 metres. Um, some of you might know him outside of the track and field network. Some of you might know him more famously for the athlete who had set himself onto eBay in 2011 yeah. and also had his um, motorbike crash um, in 2017. Um, so I guess... With the People of Interest podcast, James, what, what we do or what I've kind of aimed to do is give the individuals who come on that time to take themselves out of just that athlete or that significant individual within society bracket. Mm -hmm. Because I think obviously for, for, for ourselves as people that maybe watch the sport or are fans of the sport, we are quite selfish in just seeing you as like an athlete whereas you know when you're away from the cameras away from the track you are your own individual as well yeah. you have like friends family and just someone else who navigates kind of life as a whole so before I guess we go into maybe having a chat about just your career um how are you how are things yeah yeah things are things are all right um I'm doing okay every day still a bit of a struggle with um, my body in mm. terms of the injuries I had from the crash but yeah other than that Life outside of athletics and sport is um, is good. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Amazing. Um, I, I wanted to go through with you to begin with today because, again, just giving, your, giving you the opportunity to just be a human being for once rather than an athlete because, again, I know this is maybe just a very familiar setting for you, you know, having a mic in front of you and cameras as well. I wanted to ask you more specifically, going back maybe first time, you know, stepping foot onto an athletics track, when, when was that for you? God, that was... <laughs> years ago probably when I was around 10 or 11 yeah and I would have been locally I would have been Ladywell in Catford yeah. where I grew up so that was the first kind of place I stepped on the track and uh, actually felt the tartan tartan under my under my shoes yeah what, what kind of got you got you into that was it just being seen by like a teacher at school or <laughs> nah it was like from a kid like my mum was a big athletics fan and um I always remember seeing athletics on the TV mm. in, in my house and stuff and following Linford Christie and people like that growing up mm. on the TV. It was just something that I was always attracted to. Mm. And then uh, luckily for me, when I went into school, like nurse, <laughs> nursery, infants, mm. as, as young as that, I realised I was pretty fast. Yeah. And because it was something I was good at and obviously like kids, if you, if you discover something that you're good at, you, mm. you enjoy it and you stick to it. And it kind of... It grew from there. Yeah, okay. Is there, is there, did you do any other sports in between that? Or was it yeah, just, yeah, I did, I did. I played, um, I 
played rugby for, at my school for a bit. Secondary school, but that was because I was fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Stick know, on the wing and just yeah, there. Put, put James yeah. on the wing, so I played a few <laughs> games of that. But yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, the, the rugby culture for me when I was young was a bit, I wasn't really into the, into yeah. the rugby thing. So <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, let me... Uh, let me go the athletics route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't blame you on that one. Some of the stories and just the images of uni. Yeah. Going back to the rugby boys, yeah, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. The Mad. <laughs> whatever they're going to, it's just up to them. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then just moving in then. So if you don't mind, what I did want to do is just kind of, I'm going to list out, obviously I went on Power of 10 this morning, had a look mm. through, just to kind of give everyone a bit of an understanding of what you have achieved within the sport. And I've not gone through every single one, just, yeah, the, just the ones that we've gone. So... Going backwards from most recent, so 2016, uh, four by 100 meter gold European Championships, um, made the Olympic team as well, 400, four by 100 quartet. Mm -hmm. 2014, uh, qualified for European and Commonwealth Games, uh, making both semi-finals in the two. Mm -hmm. 2015, world champs team for the quartet, four by one. Mm -hmm. 2013, world champs, 200 semi-final made and four times, uh, four by 100 team. Mm -hmm. um, London 2012 as well, which we'll get into uh, for the two. Uh, 2011 World Champs, 200. And then domestically, 2016, 100 silver. 2015, British Champs, 200 bronze. Sorry, the 100 silver is British Champs as well, everybody. Mm -hmm. Apologise. Uh, 2014 was British Champs, 200 bronze and 100 semi-final. 2013, British Champs, 200 gold. 2012, uh, gold with British champs and also British University Championships, 100 gold, and 2011, 200 silver. Mm -hmm. So you're not bad. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, I guess, going into, I guess, 2011 then, if we could, mm. coming off of that and finding out the news, I guess, if, if we could, could you give the listeners like an understanding of what basically funding means within track and field because yeah. obviously we could talk about it forever but yeah, in yeah. terms of the people that don't understand so basically um funding within british athletics and track and field in this country um you have like a criteria a b c or d which is development funding mm -hmm. um going into 2011 I, I was not on any funding whatsoever um despite showing massive potential the year before in 2010 mm -hmm. um so to kind of put it into context of what what you're looking at is like basically you could it's the difference between you not kind of having to work and then kind of being able to train full time as a as mm. a professional athlete. So going from 2011 into 2012, I was part time. Um, I was still coaching kids to, to make ends meet, mm. and it weren't really for me. It weren't really feasible because I was thinking right, I'm on my feet pretty much every other day. And then I'm training to try and make the Olympic team next year. And all my competitors were, they, at the time, they were all sponsored. They all had funding. And so I was thinking, you know what? Obviously, they've got a, an, an advantage. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I came up with the whole eBay thing. So, um, yeah, it, it, was, it stemmed from not having funding and being able to kind of generate an income for myself that I could actually focus full-time on training. Mm. And just, just for context, like that generation, I guess, that you were a part of, was like Bolt, Gay, Johan, yeah, yeah, big names, yeah. like within that as well. So to have to not only fund yourself mm. by the sport, but obviously the standard competitor that you're in with the generation as well was yeah, it was ridiculous, man. It, like that's the golden era of sprinting, and I'm not being biased because I was there, but mm. you had the fastest man in the world 
second and third fastest mm. and fourth fastest men <laughs> of all time mm. in that in that era. Um, so yeah, it, it was a it was a crazy place to be, crazy time to run, and um, yeah, maybe if I was in a different era, my my name might be a bit bigger. I'd, well, I'd, I'd say you know to, to still though going through obviously what you have achieved still mm. is still pretty massive. You know, I think to as you said that generation. If anything, although it wasn't, you know, specifically maybe wasn't the GB athletes at the time knocking on that door. That was, you know, we were still having to set standards mm. to uh, to be competitive yeah, in those of kind of competitions anyway, because yeah. you know the, the qualifying standards change every year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. for you to still have, you know, still achieve some of those still is yeah pretty big. Yeah, no, it was um, it was tough. And again, we've kind of the British Championships, and I don't know if you want to go into the politics of the sport in this country, but. I was always an athlete that's had to turn up and run. Mm. You know, like there's always kind of been athletes that I haven't really had to turn up if they're not in shape, or if they're injured. So mm. every kind of placement I've been on the team, I've actually, re I've genuinely earned it. Do you know what earn. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, whether or not, when I got to that championships I competed, that's a different story. But getting there was probably the hardest task. I think just if, if you're happy to, again, mm. we, we don't have to touch on that because, again, I, I don't want to get you in trouble in any way, shape or form. But mm. I think for the sake of, again, going back to this point of because, you know, us as well, individuals who are not so attuned into track and field, yeah. just seeing you on the telly yeah. may, may have them think, oh, you know, he is one of the top and supported quite nicely. Yeah. Not, of, again, not trying to get you in any trouble. Could we dive into just that difference yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to do that so yeah. again then so from your perspective with having to just fight tooth and nail to get in rather than certain individuals already maybe being on the flight months before the trials or anything's taken place mm. how do you how is it just navigating that as well as not being kind of I guess funded by the people that you're representing each of these, these majors um, yeah it was difficult but I just had to kind of believe in myself and stick to my guns I think even even when I was on the funding program and I was part of the system and all the rest of it it still wasn't um, uh, balanced and fair um, which I don't want to sound like I'm whining but it's just it's just the harsh reality of it you know it probably still goes on now I don't know because I'm not part of it but at the time when I was when I when I was on the team every year um, I mean I ruffled a lot of, ruffled a lot of feathers because I always spoke my mind mm. and all the rest of it. But I'm not one of these people that's just going to sit back and just roll over and see something being done wrong and not say nothing, mm. even if it does affect me. Because to be honest, most of the time I could have just shut my mouth and it probably would put me in a better position. But like, that's not me, man. I'm, like, I can't sit there and <laughs> watch yeah. that and happen and not say nothing. So it landed me in a bit of trouble quite often, but yeah. I didn't care. I'm better position. Do you think, in t is that just financially or do you think your own performance with that? Um, or, or no, performance-wise, that was always kind of tuned in with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was down to me. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, early on, when probably, I'd say between 2012 to about 2015, mm -hmm. yeah, financially. 2016, I, I was about to start earning some big though. Yeah, yeah. I started running quick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 2012 to 2015... I could have been a yes man. I could have, I could have kissed the right asses, um, but I'm not into that. Like if you're, if, if you're the, I don't know, for example, representative of a certain brand in the sport, and everyone's kissing your ass because they want to get a contract. Mm. I'm not like that. If you're a cool person, we can get on. But yeah. if you're an idiot, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Which again, played a big role in me, <laughs> me not having contracts early on. So. Yeah. 
Okay. Would you, again, hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? Would, yeah. would you change that? No. Because, again, it doesn't sound like you've changed that as a person anyway. But no. No, I would no. change it. No way. Uh-uh. No. I, can, I can leave this sport and say, right, I've kept my integrity. Mm. I haven't bent to the wheel of money or sponsors or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And um, everybody in the sport knows that, so. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, again, I, I guess a lot of, as you say, a lot of people would know just within that mm. circle. But, I, again, I think the, the mm. final thing with athletics is that particularly with our sport, just from a televised position, is yeah. that it's what, every two two to four years things will yeah, come around for us as a sport, yeah. just with the Olympic cycle. And then otherwise, I don't think a lot of people really of see the hard graft that goes into like the winters and then the summers and then the winters over and over again. Mm. And I guess through no fault of like it, like the BBC's kind of um, development of things, but again, we, we, the obviously the pundits talking Olympic mm. cycles, you know, reflecting on previous Olympics to yeah, now yeah. and then yeah. everything that goes on in between that and your story is probably massive for that. It's just it's it's very unheard of unless it's the small well I say small that the niche thing of throwing yourself on eBay yeah gets you that kind of yeah you know attention's the wrong words obviously you weren't attention seeking it was just no. making it very obvious yeah. of how how unrepresented some individuals can be yeah. within yeah. the sport. No, exactly, and it was something that I had to do. I needed to get that attention to get the funding. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it went against everything. In terms of, um, I don't really care about attention and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just like to be, I like to be recognised for what I'm good at or achievements. Mm. But mm. I don't, I don't want extra attention for no reason. Yeah. But the only way to get, like you said, sponsorship and exposure is yeah. they want to give you a contract because you've got attention on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah it, it, so did, did that, did that kind of knee jerk and jump start? British Athletics come. What what happened? Did you get then support from British Athletics, or was it a private sponsor that you got from? Yeah, no. So uh, I was actually 2012. I think I had. I think that I was on. I can't remember. I think I was on C funding maybe from yeah. British Athletics because the year before I went to uh, Daegu for the World Championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of part of the relay setup. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, the eBay thing. I got. Um, it was a private sponsor. It was okay. a. It was a shaving company called yeah. King of Shaves. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I had a good year that year. Yeah, yeah. And but nothing more from British Athletics after putting yourself out there, or no, they just stayed the same after twenty twelve. I think did they keep me on? For, I, th- I think they kept. Oh yeah, I think I. Was, I think I was on funding every year from there. Okay. All the way up until the crash, I was on funding every year. Okay. So once I'd made that team in twenty eleven, I was on the team every year without yeah. fail. Okay. Mm. Was there any kind of acknowledgement of sorry, James or? What do you mean? Like just you know, did that delay of just kind of putting you back on because you know um, got, I no, get, no, they, 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 they don't they, yeah. no, they're not gonna say that okay. like, they don't um, again this is kind of the sad thing about me coming back I think as soon as I had the crash and I, I know we'll skip to that in a bit but just to kind of highlight as soon as I crashed I'd obviously obviously I'd earned my my funding mm. from the previous year for mm. um, 2017 so once I'd crashed I was on funding right mm-hmm. but. As soon as that year was done, they was like, "Yeah, we right, he's off funding." Mm. Like there was no, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I can't go into it because they, yeah, no, right, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, they, they just basically ripped me off. They didn't think I was coming back. So when I did come back, yeah, come back, like yeah. in terms of being able to run again, going into my first um, diamond league, it was in the Olympic Stadium, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like I went in no shape. I ran ten nine, but I was still had a smashed yeah. piece hip. Yeah. Um, there was no acknowledgement of that. And I'm thinking, hold on. Yeah. You could have run with this, actually. You could have been like, right, one of our great athletes who's in our team for so long. Yeah. He's like, 
they ignored it. And actually, if we want to really go deep, this is an exclusive, I had a word from somebody high up that somebody high up in British Athletics actually told them not to let me run. Okay. Which proper annoyed me. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, now, not only, cool, it's one thing you don't want to support me because you wrote me off so you feel embarrassed, mm. but it's another thing to actively go against me mm. and try not to let me get into a Diamond League because it's going to be egg on your face because you wrote me off. So, yeah, I've, I've made it. <laughs> it I, I, how you picked up on that point, actually, of just, you know, using just what you've done. I mean, to be fair, we'll go into, I think, the nature of the crash in a bit anyway, mm. just to give people context of how amazing it was that you've managed to pull fucking sub-11 out your ass. Mm. Um, but to, as you say, to not use that, because in sport, like we outside of sport and performance, I think sport lives off stories and narratives and like these amazing kind of comebacks and things like mm. that. And your career, if you don't mind me saying, has mm. not been not been linear, if that makes sense. Like always there's that up yeah. and down, but it's you know it yeah. is usually on an up projectile. Yeah. Yours as like was going and then eBay funding and then up again and then the crash and then shit I'm back like spiking up <laughs> yeah, and down consistently yeah, yeah. and what for you just to to keep coming back from these things because I know I've read up a few interviews that you've mm. done but just kind of getting it with ourselves as well why because most people would just ask James why are you bothering mm. particularly with the nature of not obviously mm. not getting the support from the federation and you know your, your British athletics but also just in yourself as well what kind of kept you going uh I'd probably say it's, it's just because of what, what I've wanted, wanted to always do. And because I always knew, um, I always knew my potential. Um, that's kind of like, that's what kept me going. I'm not like one of these people that believes in something if I don't genuinely feel it. Because I'll be the first to say something like, listen, bruv, it's not your <laughs> thing, man, just allow it, innit? Yeah. Because I'm not out here to just take part as much as I love the sport. I, I, I enjoy competing at a high level mm. and I actually enjoy when the risk the odds and it's against you it's harder mm. if it was if it was easy then I probably would fall out of it yeah um so that's what kept me going um yeah that's what that's that's pretty much it and the sad thing is like you said my career was always like a slow build and then drop slow build and building up to when I crashed I come off the back of the, my best season mm. I'd ever had. I ran six six PBs. Mm. I changed events that year, and everyone was banging on about the, right, the potential he's got in 100 yeah. meters because yeah. I was a 200 meter runner. So it was just another one of those things, man. But again, out, outside of athletics, I think everything around my life has been kind of what's prepared me for um, setbacks and failures and mm. determination to keep going. Could we go into detail? But like, just an example of some of those things are. Or, yeah, or yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my life hasn't been plain sailing. Um, I've never had anything easy, uh, which when you're a kid at the time, you want everything. But again, I think it paid, pays dividends in the future if you've never had it easy. So just, yeah, never kind of, I had a normal upbringing. I was on a normal kind of council estate from Inlusham. And um, yeah, I just had to work for anything that I've had. Mm. And I've never had anything given to me on a plate. So kind of going into the setup of athletics and... Uh, still not being given on anything anything on the plate, it, it, it didn't really kind of hinder me. Mm. It annoyed me because they was doing it for certain other athletes, but for me, I was like, oh, cool, <laughs> I'm prepared for this. So all these setbacks kind of building up to the crash, mm. I think they prepared me um, 
psychologically to be able to deal with that kind of mm. crazy incident. How do you think, just out of interest, I mean, because mm. based on that point, because I think I, I'm the same with things, it's just in terms of, you know, that just from my own personal perspective, like I was brought up by my mum, like mm. she was a single mum and stuff, and mm. have a good relationship with my dad, her relationship with him is great as well. Mm. But just, as you say, like there's, there's those things where maybe you'd reflect on in your life when you were younger that maybe your peers at that age as well were like having trouble with, but mm. because your situation's just that, I'm not making it a competition, but a bit more raw and difficult. Mm. Maybe the things that they're worrying about, it just doesn't phase you. Yeah, at no, all. That, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, uh, it, it, let, let's say, for, for, you know, in an ideal world, if mm. we, you were given just maybe everything from just a funding perspective, anything else went your way. Mm. Do you think that would have been actually quite difficult then to be all of a sudden, oh shit, like, do you know what I mean? Like, just to have that all of a sudden, because I, I spoke to, yeah. um, I spoke to Dwayne a few weeks back about that as well. Yeah. And again, you know, he mentioned just the, the, the childhood that he had growing up and it was still quite difficult for him, but then he got like everything yeah, very did, quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. do you, how, just out of your own um, process, how do you think you would have dealt with that if that was the case? I don't know because it didn't happen. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. At the time, if I was like 21 years old and I, and I was a track phenomenon, I got yeah. given everything. I don't know. I, I think that might have been the wrong thing for me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't think it would have been good, to be honest. I think, kind of, I was supposed to go through, <laughs> like, hurdles and barriers. Mm. Would, you, would, would you, again, would you change anything about the controllables that you had? I know we touched on just mm. you as a person. But is there anything that you kind of looked back on and thought, should have maybe gone left when I went right? Or? Nah, to be honest, I think because everything that we do in life leads you to the path that you're at now. Mm. And the path that I'm on now, um, I mean, it's not a bad one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, despite everything that's happened, it was, uh, without sounding cliche, it was almost meant to happen. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And I was, I, again, I don't want to get too like emotionally yeah. deep into this, but like, because again, you know, looking at some of the interviews that you've done mm. since like 2011 and mm. also since the crash as well, I, there's never been much where it's said of how you're feeling so if, if I was to ask you kind mm. of yes or no like mm. are you happy mm. I and I, I'm not I'm not yeah. just talking sport but I just yeah, mean like yeah, James yeah. Ellington the man like when everything's kind of away yeah I think I, I think I could I could probably could be a happier but right now I'm not unhappy yeah you know what I mean so if you're not unhappy then that's that's good you know yeah. what I mean I think there's a lot of people out there that are with whatever situation they're probably pretty unhappy right now mm. things things in our country in the world are a bit yeah. ski whiffy you know what yeah, I mean so yeah, yeah. considering where we are and what I've been through I'd have to say yeah I'm, I'm on the happy side good right. good to hear um, let's, let's get into 2017 mm. then mm. so warm weather training yeah. um, I was out with Nigel on the bike I, I'm, I, I want to be one of those people just away from just athletics maybe just seeing the mm. news headline come up one of those pessimists or dickheads that would mm -hmm. see the headline. Mm. And I'm going to ask you, why did you rent out bikes Yeah. when um, you are an individual running mm. at the standard you are, also Nigel as well? Yeah. Some, I, I assume maybe there might have been some people that would have gone, well, you know, mm. he needs to be responsible because of what he does. Yeah, I mean, um, I think he's already documented in, in interviews and stuff. Number one, I didn't rent a bike. <laughs> Um, I was just a passenger. Mm. I jumped on the back of a bike. I was offered to go up to the mountain. Mm. And um, 
being being a sensible athlete because I was if you ask anyone on the team I'd always be the guy telling don't jump across there you're gonna do your ankle in mm. so mm. I weren't going up there on no crazy mm. nonsense you know what I mean it was just uh, yeah it was unfortunate because my <laughs> my intentions weren't to do no craziness it was literally to go as a passenger see a volcano mm. and it ended up in a mad accident so. Mm.